Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, guys, welcome in here, the Friday edition of the Early Line on the Grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez here as uh, as we continue, T-minus uh, six days or so, to until uh, we can get our NFL draft, the 2020 NFL draft. A lot of speculation, a lot of rumors, a lot of innuendo, a lot of crap, uh, a whole lot of uh, everything right around this time of year as we try to figure out Where's who's going where who's going who and the more that we dive into this draft of course the more that we um, the more options certainly a lot of teams have and it's a it's a good draft from the standpoint of uh, because there are so many wide receivers and because there we're really loaded at a lot of positions where there's going to be some value uh, for those teams that are looking to go out and value don't want to overpay don't want to overdraft. Um, and, and I do think because of the talent level in some of these positions and a lot of the positions like the wide receiver position in which guys usually or teams usually reach, shall we say, in order to grab a pick. I don't know how much reaching we're going to get this year. And I do think that um, it's there's a few teams, handful of teams, Dane, that have opportunities to move up. There's a couple of teams that have opportunities to, hey, move down and I- I could because I can get that value in the second round or the third round. So you know what? If you want to move up and get a guy, by all means. So I think it's fascinating from that standpoint. And then, of course, the one thing that none of us can predict is the trading. And while we sit here and we do these mock drafts and we line everything up, we're like, oh, this is great. Everybody makes sense. You know, look at this round peg, round hole. We're all good to go. And then next thing you know, it's like trade, trade, trade. And Oh, man, the whole thing gets blown up. But one of the things that we have heard uh, now leading into the draft, and I don't know how much it is to believe, although I don't know how much this has to do with the draft, but you're talking about a former first-round pick on the market, apparently. Mm. And then you've got, well, another pretty decent player um, in Odell Beckham Jr., also considered to be on the trade block there. And just like that, a week before the draft, and here we are going, all right, now wait a minute. You're telling me O.J. Howard, who finally gets a quarterback that likes tight ends, that can throw to I, tight ends, and now you're telling me that that relationship is what? not Like they're willing to trade him, and, and they're saying before the draft. So that could, it'll be interesting to see who gets him. Listen, O.J. Howard's a great talent, underutilized there. Uh, I know he had some problems with Cameron Braid and, and Arians as far as use and those types of things last year. And I think we all agreed that he totally underutilized. Um, but, man, you got Tom Brady coming in. So I'm shocked that, yeah. uh, that they've decided that something's got to be going on behind the scenes there where, you know what, he's just – him and Arians are at war with each other. It's not working out. Tom Brady, you know Tom Brady – uh, O.J. Howard wants out, and Arians obviously wants him out. So maybe Tampa in the market uh, for a little tight end help over the uh, over the draft as well. Yeah, I mean, that is possible, Joe. Good morning. And, and here's the thing. Remember, O.J. Howard's still only 25 years old. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, we've been talking about him a lot. He was kind of this potential breakout we thought of. And then we, you know, kind of in mid mid-season last year in the fantasy football community, at least, Joe, it was like, oh yeah. Arians doesn't utilize the tight end. So the fact that everyone drafted him, you know, to be one of the top six or seven tight ends, hey, maybe that was um, not prudent thinking. You know, you talk about it in, in the idea of maybe there's a butting of heads or something we don't know behind the scenes, a la like DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien. Mm -hmm. I actually, I actually, um, I take a different meaning out of this, Joe. You know, we have been talking about in Tampa Bay now with Tom Brady, this idea of like what scheme will win out. You know, like, will Brady fit Bruce Arians' vision or will Bruce Arians kind of adjust to the personnel he now has and allow Tom Brady to bring in things that he likes to do? I think we've been getting some clues, Joe, that this is still going to be Arians' offense, okay? For, the, for example, you know, we heard the GM Kime come in and say, like, oh, um, no, we think Brady still has the arm strength to go downfield, right? So to me, that was one clue already they're going the, to still press the action, right? And then when I hear that O.J. Howard, despite the fact that, as we all know, Tom Brady loves the security blanket of the tight end, right? It sounds like O.J. Howard still doesn't necessarily have a big-time role in this offense. To me, that's another clue, Joe, yep. that in terms of is this going to be Brady, you know, uh, doing hot routes and reading the mail and going kill, kill, kill? Or is he going to be sticking with the kind of down-the-field uh, offense that Bruce Arians has had in every stop he's been? To me, this is another kind of clue that this is still going to look like a Bruce Arians offense in Tampa, even with Tom Brady, Joe. Yeah, and, uh, and again, it, making it available, you know, making it like yeah. this available to see who you can get to nibble here. This is a little chum in the water right now, man. And we're going to see if uh, the Sharks are out there saying, hey, we'll take them. What do you want? Oh, well, you will. Well, you, you have a top 10 pick. Why don't we go ahead and talk about it? Or maybe they're looking for a little extra uh, capital. It's It'll be interesting. I think he was, he was a top 20 pick, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think he was like a 1890, somewhere in the top 20 he had went originally with the Bucks when they drafted him. And, you know, listen, we, we all yeah. watched him at OU just dominate. And I think it, it, somewhere along the line there was a disconnect in there. But don't look now. The, another team that's in desperate need of help at the uh, tight end position, the New England Patriots, um, yeah. have been calling. And that's one of the teams absolutely rumored in order to be able to get his services. And I think you nailed it. He's 25 years old, right. like in the right system with the right. This is a guy that can absolutely uh, flourish. But 34 passes, one touchdown in 14 games, right. Dane. I mean, that's just an underutilized. He's not a blocking tight end. I mean, that's right. not. This is a dude that's got great hands and can make things happen. So, um, listen, Bruce Arians, it, it, this is not a new story here. Bruce Arians throughout, Dane, and correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, even in, you know, <laughs> Even in Arizona, it wasn't like uh, tight ends did an awful lot other than block. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here with this. But, of course, the other story is what do you do with Odell Beckham Jr.? Like, what is going on with Odell Beckham Jr.? Why is it we continue to hear noise about Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, being traded? Now, I, for one, is not somebody that thought it was a great fit to begin with. Uh, last year, and while Freddie Kitchen certainly had his issues, right. the issues range a lot further than 
Freddie Kitchens when it comes to Odell Beckham Jr. I, I didn't think there was, it, it seemed, the whole relationship with him and Baker Mayfield seemed forced. Uh, it just seemed like he was throwing balls in direction of Odell Beckham just because if he didn't, it was like he was going to get yelled at. Um, it's just a weird thing now, and I, I don't know. And this is who Odell Beckham Jr. is. Great talent, but he's, you know, he's got a seat on the Antonio Brown crazy train, man. Any which way we cut it here, guys. And you can give me the whole, oh, he's misunderstood and, and Giant fans doing all that. Listen, Giants, you're better off he ain't on the damn team. Uh, because already here we are two years, right? He's got all his money, he gets paid, and we're still talking about Odell Beckham Jr. being a wild card, handing money out at the national championship game. Right. Like, come on, dude. Like, at some point, it's like, you know, same thing with A.B. Like, the talent, while it's amazing, not worth the aggravation. And here we are again, Dane, another year that we're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. not finding his place. Yeah. You know, I, I, I will draw a little bit of a distinction. You know, some of Antonio Brown's issues are actually criminal, whereas Odell's may not necessarily be. So there is a slight difference. But I get you on the idea of being me, being a diva. Absolutely. You know, for me, remember also there's new regimes here, okay? Whether it's the O.J. Howard thing or whether it's Odell, right? When a new head coach and a new philosophy comes in, um, you got to think about if this talent is going to be utilized in the same way and if it's worth it in the same way. I think that is the case with O.J. Howard. Remember, it was Dirk Cutter mm. who was the head coach in Tampa in 2017 when he was the 19th overall pick, Joe, out of Alabama. And with Odell, right, like, this may be what Freddie Kitchens wanted. Mm -hmm. Freddie Kitchens wanted this high octane maybe, you know, and they were all sizzle no steak under Freddie Kitchens, right? This idea of Odell on one side, Landry on another, Baker Mayfield's gonna be slinging it. It seems like now with Kevin Stefanski in there that they're operating in a different way, right? They signed the prize uh, offensive tackle in Jack Conklin in the offseason. They bring in Austin Hooper as a tight end. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's a different, it signals to me a different style of offense. And I think they're gonna keep that up with the number 10 pick in this draft. I think the big question though for Odell or for OJ Howard right now is timing. You yes. know what I mean? Like, because the draft does loom on the horizon, you know, one of the reports I saw, for example, Joe, is that maybe the Minnesota Vikings are intrigued by this Odell um, idea. And they should be. They, sure, like, because Odell is a great talent, right? Absolutely. But they just had Stefan Diggs, Joe, okay? And they decided, right, that they moved that, they got the draft pick. Why? Because Stefan Diggs wanted more money, right? Yep. The same with DeAndre Hopkins wanted more money. They have this guy on the outside who could be a little bit mercurial, shall we say. Yeah, that's correct. esque shall we say. And I remember a week or two ago, Joe, we were talking about how this is a good timing for the Vikings to do that. Why? Because there's 15, 20 uh, kind of receivers in this draft class. Huge. A grade that could be a second or third rounder at least, right? Yep. So if the Vikings decide that they could go that route, the younger, cheaper, kind of uh, less drama route, right? I think more teams in the NFL see that potential right now with the draft on the horizon. So I don't know if Odell, even if this is true and they do get moved, I don't know that it happens before the draft. It may happen live during the draft. I hope everybody's Wi-Fi is working. Or right after the draft, Joe, when teams 
realized that they didn't successfully address their needs in the draft, like they were going for a wideout, they didn't get the guy they liked, and oh, now Odell is there behind door number two in the same way I've been talking about Cam yep. or James Winston or Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Mary Kay uh, Cabot there, who's been a Browns beat writer forever, uh, addressed this when it, was, uh, when it was released, of course, and uh, people trying to figure out now, again, you don't know. A team is never going to admit, yeah, we're actively trying to trade for sure. Odell Beckham. Like, that's not going to happen. But um, she did say that, uh, you know, she's talked to actually both sides, people, uh, sources in the Vikings and the Browns, and uh, they keep saying fake news. Um, this isn't happening. But we're also getting very specifics where we're talking about a second and a fifth round draft pick for Odell Beckham Jr. And to me, it's uh, listen, it, whether it happens or not, there's no deal done. But could there be discussions? Absolutely, there could be discussions. I, I'm sure there are discussions if you're not sold on Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and that he'd be a good fit for this new regime and what they're planning on doing. Like you said, plenty of ways to get another wide receiver in this draft here, one that's younger, maybe a little bit easier to mold. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. feels like the kind of guy that should go to a very established uh, established quarterback, established way where he can kind of um, just go in there and be that hired gun, so to speak, right. where I don't know if Odell Beckham Jr. is a guy I want around when I'm trying to build something, especially if I'm a new coach in right. the NFL. But Mary Kay Gavitt says it's false. Eh, of course you do. Um, but I'm not necessarily sold that this is false. Don't know that it's going to happen. But it does to me where there is smoke, there's fire, Dane. And we... We, we heard the same crap with the Giants when he was there, right? Everyone's like, no, nobody's going to trade. Out. All right, now he's a Cleveland Brown, and here we go again. Now everyone's trading. Like, what do you uh, – it's, uh, it's a shame. And, again, it's that wide receiver position that just – some guys – and I get that he was a little misunderstood, right? At least that's what everyone wanted us to believe. But there's only one thing to understand at this point in his career, being in the NFL as long as he has – you're leaving a trail of, you're just scorching earth here, man. Every place that you go, I don't get it. And you know what's going to happen, because he knows this rumor now. True or not true, he's going to comment on this. I get, at some point, Dan, the question is over on, is it this weekend? Is it next week before the draft? He's going to have something to say about this. And that's the problem with guys like Odell Beckham Jr. So, you know, you talk about kind of with Stefanski coming in, the idea of a culture change. Right in Cleveland and I'm with you that if a new guy is coming in with the objective of enhancing the culture or reducing drama Odell could be a place to look I, I completely buy that Joe but one of the other things you just said you know with American Cabot report or otherwise is when there's smoke there's fire this is the one time of the season though where I don't yep. know that that's necessarily true Joe right mm -hmm. there's a lot of smoke out there right now because we're yep. only a days away from the draft so usually joe i agree with you where there's smoke there's fire there's a reason behind it this however is smokescreen time mm. you know what i mean so it may you know you, there's a lot of stuff that's out there right now and i think here in these weeks leading up to the draft it's just that much tougher to decide what reports may have steam what reports may be smokescreens and what reports may be fake news as you say so I agree with you that the idea that Odell may not be a part of the culture that Stefanski and the new Browns regime want in place there, but connecting the dots necessarily to the Vikings, necessarily second and fifth, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still treat with a grain of salt.
Listen, DeAndre Hopkins was traded, guys, all right? So if you think Odell Beckham Jr. is untouchable, you're out of your mind. So there is a conversation, I am sure, and if it ain't with the Vikings, I am sure that organization is going, we either we need guys that are on our side here. And if Odell Beckham Jr. ain't returning phone call, if they're not convinced he's going to be a guy that's going to help with that transition, um, then much like DeAndre Hopkins, I don't care how good you are, we're going we're gonna to move on from you. Uh, because really, for the greater good in the long term of what the team is. So, you know, D-Hop is now a Cardinal. Think about that. So Odell Beckham Jr. being a Viking, possibly, also not out of the realm of, uh, of possibility at all. But it's amazing the guys you don't hear this kind of stuff about. Like, I don't know. It's Gerald. I mean, you just go down the list. It's like amazing sometimes, you know, the, the guys, even with as talented as they are, it's, you never hear about, wow, Some, second and fifth yeah. picks. It's shocking. It really, really is uh, shocking. But listen, right now it's rumors. Whether it comes to fruition, we'll see. There is a lot of smoke uh, in a lot of places right now leading up to this draft. Quarterback positions continue to be a topic of conversation, Dane. And there's an awful lot of people that think all that we have heard this week regarding Tua and the injuries and the teams going, ah, that's a red flag. Don't know if I want to risk it. Uh, there's an awful lot of, yeah, it just feels forced. Um, and even that feels forced. Even the comments about it feeling forced, Right. They feel forced. You know exactly. what I'm saying? It's smoke screen right now. Yeah, it's, it's smoke screen right now. I'm not. I'm not believing any smoke, nope. any fire, any rumblings, any jack. No, nope. no, especially with with Tua, because there, when it comes to quarterbacks, there's always, like we said, there's always going to be teams willing to reach or take certain risks. Certainly in the first round, it'll sure. be interesting to see uh, what happens with that. But we got more NFL news coming up, of course, uh, more draft coverage. Uh, start giving you the latest. We do have a coronavirus uh, a first player in the NFL who has tested positive for the coronavirus. So we'll give you that story and the latest on when we might get sports back. We'll do that coming next here on the early line. It is the grid sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back in, guys. Here, the early line. That's what it says, I think, somewhere up over there. It should say uh, the yeah, early yeah. line. That's it, right? Somewhere up over there, if this is the right show. Uh, but we want to welcome you in here. He's Dane Martinez. I'm Joe Ranieri. Twitter handles underneath our names. Feel free uh, to uh, shout us out there and uh, have a conversation. We're kind of all uh, quarantined here together, so uh, we'd have uh, no problem. Hanging out with you guys uh, anytime. We certainly do appreciate you taking the time to join us here today on whatever platform you might be joining us on. We've got a draft coming up. And we've got, uh, obviously, a lot of talk now around the country, Dane. And more and more. And this is a good sign. Even in, in New York, in, in your neck of the woods, my friend, who has obviously been the epicenter of the uh, virus. But uh, even your governor, um, you know, this week has come out and is addressing the return of sports 
And even he mentioned that baseball needs to figure it out. Like, they, there is no, we need sports. Like, people need sports, cabin fever. Um, and he understands that. Listen, no, there aren't going to be any fans, and we all know that. But his question and quote was, I don't understand what is, why can't baseball play these games with no fans? It doesn't make any sense, and he is spot on, and he did mention, says, listen, it's, there is going to be, without fans, a significant revenue loss. Sure. And the deal that Major League Baseball has between owners and players has to do with pay. It doesn't really address who's going to take what on the chin just yet. So that really does need to be hashed out to a point where whatever it is, however much money is lost... You know, the players are going to get a certain percentage of their money regardless, but doesn't address who's going to take it on the chin. It's got to come from somewhere. So, uh, and he's right. I mean, uh, you know, Governor Cuomo is absolutely correct. Uh, Baseball, and we hope by May 1st, is going to lay out a plan that says this is what we're doing, this is where we're going, this is what's going to happen, because it's not just New York. There's a lot of other states that are getting ready to ramp up and open for business and do those types of things over the next month or so. Uh, And baseball, yes, it's America's pastime. And yes, um, there is, the sooner they get on that same page and the sooner you stick with one plan, I think come May 1st, you got to work towards that plan. You can't have 25 plans in the next two weeks, Dane. Like, you, you need to have, all right, here's what we're doing, much like the PGA Tour did, said, hey, June 11th, we're playing the tournament, guys. We're gearing up for it unless, you know, unless something yeah. else great. We're going to play it. And I think what we're hearing from many of the states and, and many of the politicians is, what's the plan? Come up with the plan, guys. Like, come up with the plan. Fauci's even saying there's no reason why we can't have sports over the summer, provided no fans. And they're able to put the players in a position where they can be tested and quarantined. Well, okay, so it's like, well, the more people start talking about that in charge, what's the plan, baseball? Like, You've got the most games, so it would be wonderful, I think. And and again, May 1st is what they've said, um, and we've heard a lot of the leaked plans, but I do think at some point, now when you've got politicians and you've got people in Washington going, what's the deal, Major League Baseball? We'd love to have you back. They got to really, the players and Major League Baseball, stop with the what-ifs, and let's talk about what the real situation is here and how we can go about providing baseball games. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, June, right, Joe? Early June, you say golf has kind of staked out territory in early June that they're looking at. I even saw uh, earlier this week MLS. Yeah, absolutely. uh, At one point, I think they were calling it May 10th. They have pushed it back to, Mm -hmm. again, early June, the idea of June 8th. So it seems like, for lack of a better term, Joe, conventional wisdom, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right, is this idea that maybe by early June, this interim step, could be actualized. And what that interim step is, is games happening with no fans, okay? The idea of putting something on uh, is very different than 30,000 people coming together and tailgating in a parking lot and high-fiving each other, okay? So nobody is talking about putting thousands of people together for a pretty long time, okay? But 
you know, I, I think what you're saying is also, Joe, in there is in, with the plan, as you describe it. Yeah, you can't just show up in June. Right. <laughs> like, things like right. how are these players traveling? Includes right. things like how are these players being tested? Includes things like how is the rest of the support staff being taken care of, right? Includes things like how the players and the unions agree to these things, right? There's a lot of details to work out in any plan, Joe, right? And so hopefully that as we are starting to see positive signs as it relates to the curve, yes. hopefully we are now taking the opportunity to start to add meat on the bones to the plan, right. you know, to the details of the plan, because you're not going to be able to please everybody all the time. We've talked about in Major League Baseball already the idea that Maybe younger players are more willing to be quarantined than people with families. I just saw Mike Trout, though, give an interview earlier this week, Joe, mm -hmm. you know, where his opinion is going to move the needle. He's the best player in the damn league. Many people think he's young, but uh, his wife is expecting. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and he's like, listen, I don't know if you could just have us in a hotel for three months and me miss the birth of my first child or just have us in a hotel and not doing anything for 12 hours a day. And so, you know, I think that speaks, Joe, to valid concerns and opinions that everyone's going to have. So figuring out the details of how this would actually happen has to be the phase that smart people and leaders get in a room and collaborate on because the devil continues to be in the details, Joe. But it's great to start to have a plan. Absolutely. You can't... You have 25 different plans. Listen, there's no need for 25 different plans sure. because we all know what needs to happen. You need to agree on the money. You need to understand how they're going to get tested. And you got to figure out a location. That's everything else is just... It's, you know, it's conjecture at this point. Baseball, but listen, Washington wants it. Governors wanted everybody in charge of anything says can you please please get us back something that's going to help the American people kind of move away from this and listen you're not going to get every Mike G you're not going to get uh, you know there are going to be players that may not be comfortable or want to go ahead and be a part of that fine but you know quite honestly if people ran over Mike Trout in the road they wouldn't know who he was so the idea that Mike Trout who is the best player in the game but so what Baseball's never been about the individual player. It's always been about the brand and the teams. So as long as there is baseball, there is some revenue and, of course, TV contracts that have to be satisfied. Um, there are going to be an awful lot of players that will agree with this. So whatever that plan may be, we know what needs to happen. So now what baseball needs to do is come May 1st, you can't just be kicking around this idea or that idea anymore. Like the clock is ticking, guys. Like you got to tell us. This is what's going to happen. This is what we're shooting for. So everything else from that point on, Dane, is working towards that particular goal and that particular day. And uh, I just don't, to me, it's, I'm hoping come May 1st, because everyone's getting a little bit antsy now, including even, uh, you know, even the political leaders here wanting to know, all right, guys, it's, you know, no fans. I think every sport understands that. Uh, even the NFL has come around to uh, to that idea. Obviously, a lot of what they're talking about is fans not being in the stadiums uh, to start, and that's kicking the can down the road. Uh, so the reality of no fans at games, I think everybody's on that page. Of course, that does mean less revenue. So I think the sooner everyone can get together on that page, 
the better off all of these leagues are going to be. And I have no doubt they all want to come back, but they're never going to be able to come back like nothing happened. So we all know this, Dan, and I'm hoping this group and people that come together start going, you know what? Here's our plan. NFL, for whatever, they have said we're going to have a draft. We're going to continue to push it like they have said we are going to keep going. A lot of these other groups are like, oh, God, we're just going to have to wait and see and, you know, float this idea and leak this. I, I get it, but those, idea time is over now, guys. So now you got to stay. You got to pick one thing and go with it. And the ba and NBA is the same thing. Either you're playing the rest of the season or you're not. Let's, what are you going to do here at this particular point? And when is the cutoff date? What are we working towards here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's true. We are working towards that, right? And a plan needs to be fleshed out. Yep. I think, you know, when I talk about Mike Trout as an individual player, that's just an example, Joe, of how, like, people have their own independent uh, situations and contexts and decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. Mike Trout is also, you know, he's part of a union, Joe. You know what I mean? And so any of these plans, mm -hmm. right, uh, when you say they are going to figure it out or they have to figure it out, remember, the unions and the players will be part of figuring it out. And it has to be done on some level collaboratively. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't alienate all the players in doing it, whether it's individuals or, like, the, the, the mass that is the players' union would have to sign off on oh, yeah. you know, any of this. But when you talk about bringing them back without fans, of course that's going to happen, Joe, because, you know, I, I think what people have to realize is, you know, the, the attendance and the concession stands and all that stuff, that's a part of revenue, Joe, but yeah. that fails in comparison to the television contracts Absolutely. that are out there, right? So the idea of getting games back on and on TV, mm -hmm. even without fans there, does a whole hell of a lot, Joe, to mitigate that loss of revenue. They're trying to get that TV money flowing before mm -hmm. they worry about the gate. Yes, and that's another thing the NBA's got to deal with because uh, it's my understanding that the TV companies who bought into the NBA, yeah. they're writing checks even though they're not getting games. Like, they're continuing to pay for the NBA, the rights to the NBA, who is not playing any games. At some point, they're going to stop writing checks and say, what are we doing here, guys? Like, at some point, so they've, they've given, you know, they're doing the right thing contractually. Even though we're not getting games, they're still paying the checks. And players, like we had said, they, to this particular point, have gotten their game checks. All of that is going to stop there, Adam Silver, unless we get some sort of idea as to what in the world you're planning and what are the cutoff dates. And by the networks continuing to write those checks to the NBA, to me, that's even a, that's all the more reason for the NBA to figure it out. Three-game series, five-game series, whatever it is, um, I do think that the clock is ticking on, uh, certainly from the monetary value, you're going to have to start providing content here because you guys are getting paid and the networks don't have anything except a really poorly put together horse competition. Yeah, you're going to have to do better than that, Adam Silver. And uh, I, I'm going to give him the May 1st, but come May 1st heading into that weekend, Dane, if we don't have a clearer picture as to what the hell these guys are thinking, good luck. Yeah. I hear you, Joe. I mean, the thing is for me, like, as this goes longer and longer, there's just more pressure. 
being applied to everyone, Joe. Yep. You know, or, but the TV networks will apply more pressure to the leagues. Our governments may apply more pressure. But also think about it from the, you know, the common man, right? There's more pressure to pay next month's rent. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yep. more pressure. Like, we're starting to see, like, people going hungry more, right? Like, there's more pressure on will there be meat on the shelves mm-hmm. in your local supermarket, you mm-hmm. know? So, I mean... As things go longer and longer, you know, at, at, you talked about kind of the networks were doing good faith stuff or giving you that grace period, right? It's going to stop. Landlords maybe forgiving mm-hmm. rent for one month. They can't do that, right? The, the pressure being applied by this pandemic, by this crisis, mm-hmm. is only getting more and more as the ripple yep. effects happen. You know, another, what, five million people file for unemployment? You know, it just stretches everything yep. thinner and thinner and thinner until the point where it rips out the seams. And that's where we're going to start seeing these rubber hitting the road and very difficult decisions and yep. very drastic, desperate behaviors, not yep. only from individuals, but from governments, from teams, yep. from networks. As we go on, the pressure grows. Yep. And listen, I, I think it's, we've seen what political pressure can do to sports leagues if it's not in your corner. Okay, ask, uh, you know, ask Dana White how well that worked out for him. Um, And by the same time, it can certainly work in your favor to be able to get certain things and certain obstacles uh, pushed through when, when when push comes to shove, when they're on a thing. So the fact that we're hearing that tone taken with sports in general, Major League Baseball and others, um, that's a good sign. I mean, I have no doubt Adam Silver, Rob Manfred, Gary Bett, uh, nobody's been sitting on their hands going, well, we'll just wait and see. I, they they are there. But the problem is from understanding what it is and relaying it to, obviously, the fans, because you talked about it, Dane, that trickles on down. Whether it's the concession guy, the guy who sells tickets, whether it's the guy who sells merchandise, whether that's a lot of jobs created in the sports industry across the board. I mean, heck, just look at sports books and I, it's re- it goes on down though. Anybody that sells team hats and te- right. sneakers, like you name it, guys, it's there. So um, it, it's a it's a very it's going to be nothing of this is going to be easy. Nothing of it is going to look the same. But at the same time, we'll all be able to get used to it. I think the thing that will help all of us is in another couple of weeks is you know these guys coming up and saying like the PGA Tour, like Dana White has said May 9th, going to happen uh this so at least we're not going what do you think dane japan florida could it be arizona maybe it's oklahoma i don't know i heard they got fields open in miss so you know like give us some clarity not just us but you know everybody that's involved and has a piece uh, or anything at stake when it comes to sports on any level uh because it does create a lot of jobs and feeling better knowing that that's coming dane uh, whether or not, you know, something happens, and ha- you can't control that. But knowing and being able to look forward, I think, is, a, is great for the psyche of this country. And I think it's something we need here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, uh, you're not going to catch me saying that, you know, we don't need this right. or be a good thing. Of course it would, right, for normalcy, for us to have stuff to talk about, for people to be entertained, all that stuff, right? It's It's... It's just like, will the testing be there, though? You know, it, it still has to be there. Even now, um, earlier this week, the president, you know, convened business leaders, right? Right, absolutely. What business leaders told him is, 
you need to ramp up the testing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Listen, the, things you can't control, but what I can control is optimism. If you give me some optimism that you're working towards it and that you have a plan and we need this, this, and this. Uh, that, but optimism I, without a plan. I'm good. Is just. Right? So you need the plan in place. And then that's why I always say, Joe, the devil is in the details. So yeah. let's get to the, the uh, more pieces of the plan so we yes. can hash that out. You know, have it collectively bargained or agreed or whatever. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back in here. It is the early line on the grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Uh, Joe Ranieri, Dane Martinez here as we're all getting ready uh, for the draft. And, uh, of course, we're all getting ready uh, for May, uh, even though April seems like it's, uh, it's just slowly. March and April feel like it's been 10 years here. Uh, and I know uh, a lot of us still having trouble. Is today Thursday, Wednesday? Is it Tuesday? Uh, just let me know when it's May 1st, because hopefully by that particular point, we'll have a lot more clarity on uh, when we can get some of our sports back. Uh, we do know, of course, that uh, next week we will have our draft. Um, we were talking about baseball, and, uh, you know, that draft is usually in June, but, um, you know, the reports were that they actually cut down the amount of rounds, and they're pushing that uh, off till later in the summer. Uh, Dane and I were just kicking around the ideas like, listen, baseball comes back. Um, well, how do you get how do you work the minor leagues here? Because it's not something a lot of people are talking about is you can't have a major league roster. And in all likelihood, the rosters are going to be expanded and not have the ability to be able to go to the minor leagues and pull guys up and, and that thing. So it's not something people are talking about. And listen, minor leaguers don't make a whole lot of money. They are getting paid, Dane, but. They're getting three, four hundred bucks uh, a week here, so it's not like uh, that'll eventually end. So a lot of guys that normally should be playing in the minor leagues right now, they're going to have to figure out jobs and everything else for them. I mean, so especially on the AAA, double and AAA. I mean, you've invested as a baseball team a lot of prospects in the minor leagues, Dane. It ain't going to make the team. What are you doing with those guys? Like, how does that work? So I know that's another part of the equation that they've got to figure out. But I don't know how you can possibly have a major league baseball season. And baseball has been trying to get rid of or reduce minor league baseball teams around the country forever. Um, they, you know, $9 billion industry and they're worried about, you know, ooh, uh, minor. of course you have minor. They want to condense it anyway. This might be the perfect reason for them to do it. Uh, but you're going to have to have minor league baseball on some, especially on the double and triple A level. Uh, and where are those guys going to play? So I, I, that's another facet. I don't think people realize that it's not just as simple as dropping everyone in Arizona. Yeah. How are you doing with the minor league guys? Cause they have to be playing baseball as well. Yeah, they have to be playing baseball, especially if part of any plan, Joe, for Major League Baseball this year is to have a condensed schedule or double headers. Yes. We talked about how in any Major League Baseball solution that contracts the season or is different, yep. one of the kind of 
partner things that would have to be done to make it feasible is expanding the rosters. Well, by definition, that means some sort of relaxing of things going from AAA to the big club, right? Being out of options, that sort of thing. And so what does that mean for minor league baseball? Well, you know, we use the term, Joe, the shuttle bus, right? right. Guys on the shuttle bus between AAA and the majors. Well, there ain't going to be no shuttle buses going on in this country so in the month true. of June, let's say, right? Yep. So if I need to call up someone from my AAA team, how's that going to happen? And if I'm playing three doubleheaders a week, I might need to. You know, Joe, I mean, it's a different part of the calendar in the NBA, but there's the, the D-League in the NBA as well, right? The Knicks need the Westchester Knicks. So are those teams and those arenas going to be accessible? I, I, I think it's a lot of, you know, these ripple effects. Everybody says, yeah, we want to get back. Right. Of course we do. But that's why I keep on saying, Joe, the devil is in the details. And literally every segment we do on this show, we uncover another layer of details that have to be worked out. Mm -hmm. You know, so that I truly believe is why I'm all for getting sports back. But the way we do it and how strategic and collaborative we are in building the rest of that plan are things that I truly have more questions than answers. I, I just don't, unless, and there obviously there was some conversations about um, the real prospect or the prospects that guys in, in your, you know, in your organization feel. Um, uh, there was some talk of sending them to where they're playing baseball right now in China, in Taiwan, in parts of the, in Korea right now, where they are in fact playing baseball games as we speak here, which again, uh, should absolutely give uh, give folks some optimism here that uh, at some point it will return. But you know they'd be more than happy in those uh, in those countries and in those leagues to be able to get some American League baseball players in there. It's about the same, Dane. If you, if I were gonna, that's uh, most of what we're watching in China and Korea and Taiwan right now. I would say triple triple A baseball. I mean, is that fair with the occasional uh, guy that can get called? Very similar to what you're seeing. So. I think baseball collaboratively across the world, and it is, while football is king here, guys, baseball is still king in a lot of countries uh, out there. You don't have to look much further than, uh, than Asia to see exactly how much they love baseball. Um, or in, you know, um, go south, go to the Dominican, go to these places. They love their baseball and um so i do think it's it's going to give everyone an opportunity see football is so unique then because it's it's here it's you know i know they're trying to be world dominant but right. the baseball community is unbelievably worldwide and uh it's got a lot of love so hopefully it all comes together and everybody can get on the same page and collectively bring back um the king of uh, of the sport which of course is Major League Baseball. Uh, we did learn a little something interesting, of course, in the NFL, too. And I'm shocked that it took this long for us to find out. But uh, there was a Rams player, second-year center there. Uh, Brian Allen had tested positive for the coronavirus three weeks ago. And right. is now, Sean McVay came out this week and, and told us about it and said he's on, to, you know, all good. He's on a way to recovery. He talked about... Uh, losing, um, you know, losing smell and, and, you know, like couldn't taste anything, uh, much like what we heard from Rudy Gobert. Uh, but that was like a month ago. And really, when you think of all the sports, Dane, that we have since the beginning of this, we've college players, we NBA certainly. Now, of course, not every team was quick to admit it. 
Not every player was, but it was amazing how absent any information about the NFL or the NFL players outside of Sean Payton, right? The players, when it was like, really? Okay. I, we did never hear an awful lot about any NFL player being affected by the coronavirus. This is the first one, and even this happened a month ago, and that's kind of shocking to me given the, uh, the scope of what we're talking about here in the NFL. So, I mean, I got two reasons potentially for that, Joe. Mm -hmm. Is the NFL's in their damn offseason right now. Right. You know? So they're not together, you right. know? So I don't have to report this necessarily to you. We've talked about it in terms of, like, new coaches, right, mm -hmm. with teams. How they haven't even met some of their players right. just yet. So I think that's part of this. These other, you know, the NBA, Major League Baseball, they were together already. They were mm -hmm. practicing. They were in season. Right. Okay, so I think the fact that the NFL is not in season, you know, you have more, uh, there's more of an ability to kind of, you ain't got to tell anybody. You ain't got to right. report to work. You ain't got to go to the team facility, let's say, at this point of the NFL calendar. The other thing I'll say, Joe, and it's so interesting because, you know, we are in this coronavirus uh, times, right, where we're seeing thousands of people get these cases and we're, we're hearing them pop up, whether it's Tom Hanks or Rudy Gobert or Boris Johnson, we're knowing about it. The other thing, though, Joe, honestly, is like, this is a medical issue. Right. And we forget every, that. Every human being on earth, Joe, yep. has the right, <laughs> right, to not disclose this information if they don't want to. Yep. Right. Like, granted, you shouldn't be tested positive and out there walking around with no mask coughing on people. That's ridiculous. OK, but you have the right. You don't have to share your medical mm -hmm. file with the public. Right. You know, so the fact that Brian Allen kind of is out there right now and it's public knowledge that he tested you know, that does not mean that there are no other NFL players. And I that think that's back. a good point. But yes, I mean, yes. I think I've even saw, I saw a report last week, there was something like three members of the Chargers mm -hmm. organization, but they didn't say if it was office staff, scouts, or players. Right. Remember, yes. there was a time, Joe, there was a time when, like, it was like, oh, four Nets players were tested, yep. and we knew KD was one of them. Uh, there was a time when it was like, oh, a few of the Lakers have coronavirus, but it never came out who. And, and that's, that's their right. Yep. You don't have to disclose that. Um, People so, forget because they think, oh, they're athletes. Yeah, right. but they, yeah. they don't. They got just as many rights as you do. That's so, right. yeah. Absolutely. You don't have to know. You don't have to know about their condition. Hey, Joe, you want everybody here right. on Sports to know about the details of your health history? No, right. it's right that you don't have to do that, right? Yep. So, yes, we're hearing about some players. But when you say it's weird, I think it's, one, because they're not with their teams right now. And, right. two, they don't, they don't have to do that. Right. Yeah, and, and, well, listen, no athlete had to do it, but it's amazing that the only sport that didn't see an athlete do it was, uh, the, the, was oh. the NFL, because you may recall, guys, over the last month and a half, you had this, when all of this started, free agency was getting ready to start. Free agency went on without a blip, like nothing was going on. Free agency saved us in many aspects, Dan, gave us plenty of content to be able to talk about it. Not a pit. And during that time, don't forget, there were people screaming and yelling, saying, you should push free agency back. You got to put the draft back. And yet, while we're hearing other athletes in the NBA and, uh, and Major League, I mean, you go across the gamut, we heard of at least a couple of players in every sport test positive, and yet I, the NFL was just amazing. Nothing. Nope. Nope. Everything's wow. I, and then Sean Payne comes out, and you're like, oh, that's a coach, though. So, like, it was... Uh, amazing the timing of this announcement along with now I don't know if this opens up 
the gate here, Dan, where now uh, over the next week, now that one player, and this is usually how it happens, one person became a face, and he's not a very well-known guy, obviously, but, you know, maybe somebody else comes out. I mean, to this point with the draft a week away, right? the fact that we've never heard, of, and, and a lot of people have been leaning on that going, well, the NFL, I mean, they haven't had anybody. They've had no... To your yeah, point, think you think so, nobody in the NFL, no I, player has had it? I like, didn't think that an NFL player is somehow immune from this. Right, e e exactly. Absolutely ridiculous. Yep. This virus does not know state lines. Right. This virus does not care if you're black or white. Yes. This, you know what I mean? So yep. the idea to think that somehow NFL players were going to avoid this? Yes. It's amazing. It, it really is amazing that they've been collectively able to keep a lid on, even because even if a player wanted to come out, you don't think this was coordinated with Roger Goodell and company? Like, they knew this a month ago about him. And so he's recovered now. But now all of a sudden, and you notice who it's not? Tom Brady. It's not just, it's no, you know, you're like, who? Brett? Ow, who? What? Oh, but it's, hey, the NFL. And look at that. He's feeling better. Amazing to me um, how they run and how they operate there at the NFL. It truly is a billion-dollar industry that they will protect at all costs. Uh, and interesting enough, on the Rams, too, I love it. Finally, some common sense coming uh, out of I that organization. I mean, uh -oh. finally. This could, left, could be the best left. news I've heard about the Rams in two years. Apparently, yeah. uh, we have Jared Goff realizing he is absolutely not worth the money they paid him. And he's willing to obviously give some of it back, uh, Dandu, uh, in order to help the team who has completely overspent dane they are getting just destroyed how much they're over the cap is obnoxious yep. uh less needed company they were throwing multi-million dollar band-aids and heart surgery here over the last couple of years hoping and praying that it would all work out uh and it didn't he at one time jared goff i believe yep. four year 134 million extension that was last september think about that <clears throat> last september 110 million guaranteed is the most in NFL history. Now he's like, you know what? I'd be willing to kind of um, rework that contract in in order to be able to, you know, free up some money so yeah. I can actually, you can actually go out and get some players that can protect me so I don't get killed. How nice of that is that of Jared Goff? Well, you know, I think, sure, it's nice. Um, but, you know, he <laughs> just saw Todd Gurley become a casualty. Yes. Of, of, I don't want to say it directly, but on some level, it was a casualty of his contract. He just saw Brandon Cooks get shipped out, yep. right? On some level, as a casualty for his contract. His cap hit, Joe, is $36 million this year. I believe it's the highest cap hit in the entire NFL. Unreal. Okay, And you talk to me about if he is an elite quarterback or a quarterback who needs pieces around him and a good scheme to raise all boats. To me, he is not a Deshaun Watson. He is not a Patrick Mahomes. He is not a Russell Wilson. We can continue going down the list, and I'd name about 10 other guys before I hit Jared Goff. So right. you combine that, Joe, with the fact that the Rams are um, $6.2 million already over the cap, and you're going to have an influx of <laughs> draft picks that you're going to need to sign. So Jared Goff is looking around being like, oh, oh snap. Who else 
my, you know, disappear and poof, will it be yep. another one of my weapons? And when I'm already looked at as an average quarterback, and that's when I had Todd Gurley to hand the ball off to and Brandon Cooks to throw the ball to, what's going to happen when the Rams continue to have the walls closing in? And like I have said on this show many times, Joe, <laughs> the Rams become cellar dwellers in the NFC West. Yep. Then will Jared Goff be eaten for free in L.A.? Then will he be having commercial shoots? I say no. Yes. I, I'm I'm with you, man. And listen, it doesn't mean that he's necessarily taking a pay cut, but they are going to reallocate a lot of that money Around. to free it up to be able to do some things. And it may involve a pay cut, uh, but one way or the other, the Rams realize. And, and more importantly, I think it's important... Jared Goff realizes that, yeah, we're going to have to do something here. Otherwise, we got a new stadium coming in, right? He's not exactly the face of the franchise at $110 million guaranteed, which is mind-blowing to me, I, Dave. Uh, a lot of people don't even know what Jared Goff looks like, and that is so strange to be in L.A. and be the franchise quarterback. That's right. Make $110 million and honestly, people in L.A. would run him over and be like, I don't know who, who is this. Was at the Super Bowl two years ago, yeah. Joe. And still, and still right. people, it's just, it's, Sean McVay is more the face of the Rams than anybody else. Todd Gurley was, he's no longer there now. They don't really have, like, he's it, and yet he is the quietest, most, um, you know, m most just... What Rams player do you think right now has, like, the highest Q rating or the closest for an endorsement? Would it be Jalen Ramsey? Would it be Cooper Cup? Like, honestly, who is the Robert Woods? The like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know who's on this team last, anymore. It's amazing we'll to me. To think about it. I yeah, guess. I mean, it's amazing when you think about it. Like, the Rams are moving into a new stadium. They new logo, new everything, and we got absolutely uh, nothing on them. But we'll talk more about that coming up. Plus, we'll do a uh, we'll get ourselves a little uh, little mock draft going here in hour number two. That's next on the grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.